Hello everyone. Welcome back to our ninth episode of our podcast. This is Shweta. Here we go to the next chapter of our book, The Famous Five written by Enid Blyton. Chapter 9, The Strange Tale. The children did not bother about their skies for the first day. For one thing, the snow was not quite thick or smooth enough for skying, and for the another thing, they longed for the swift excitement of tobogganing. Dick took George on his toboggan and Julian took Annie on his. Timmy would not come on either of them. "Race you to the bottom," Julian shouted. "One, two, three, go!" and away they went. swishing over the clean white snow at the top speed shouting with the laughter julian won easily because dick's toboggan caught on a root or a small bush under the snow which it upset very suddenly dick and george were flung headlong into the snow and sat up blinking and spitting out of the cold snow from their mouth Timmy was terribly excited. He came plunging down the hillsides after the toboggans, annoyed at the way in his legs went into the snow, barking madly. He was most astonished to see Dick and George fly into the air when their toboggans upset and pranced round them, licking them and leaping on them in the most aggravating way. "Oh, get away Timmy," said Dick. trying to get up and being knocked down again by the excited dog go and knock over george not me call him george pulling down the toboggans back up in the hills was a tiring job but the swift flight down the snow was worth all the pullings up the four children soon had a glowing faces and tingling limbs they wished they could throw off their coats and scarves i can't pull up our toboggans one more time said annie at last i really can't you will have to pull it up yourself julian if you want to toboggan one more well i do want to but my legs will hardly walk up the hills said julian panting hey dick Annie, I have had enough. We will go up and eat your sandwiches at the top of the slope where we can watch you. The other two soon joined them and Timmy was glad to sit down too. His long pink tongue hung out of his mouth and he puffed his white breath out like rolling mist. At first he had been puzzled by what he thought was smoke coming out of his mouth so continually but now seeing that everyone was apparently puffing it out too he didn't worry The five sat at the top of the slope eating their sandwiches hungrily were glad at the rest Julian grinned round all them Pity mother can't see us now he said We look marvelous and nobody coughed once. I bet we will be stiff tomorrow though. Dick was looking across the slope of the opposite hill, rising steeply up a mile or so away. There's that building I thought I saw yesterday, he said. Isn't it a chimney sticking up? You have got a sharp eyes, said George. Nobody could surely see a building as far as that when the snow is on. Did we bring the field glasses? asked Julian. Where are they? We could soon find out if there's a house there or not. If we look through those. I put them into the cupboard, said Annie. 
getting up. Oh, I'm stiff. I will just go and get them. She soon came back with the glasses and handed them to Dick. He put them into his eyes and adjusted them till they were properly focused on the faraway hill opposite. Yes, he said. I was right. It's a building and I'm pretty sure it must be the old towers too. You know the place we went by the mistake two nights ago? There when we lost our way? Let's have a look, Annie. I think I might recognize it. I caught the glimpse of the towers when we swung round the corner on the way up the old tower hills. She put the glasses into her eyes and grazed to them. Yes, I am sure that the place, she said. Wasn't it old? The big rude notice on the gate and the fiercely barking dog and nobody about how lonely the old lady must be living there all by herself. As they sat there, nibbling their apples, Timmy suddenly began to bark. He stood up, turning his head towards the path, they ran higher up the hill. Perhaps it's Ailey, the funny child, coming, said Julian, hopefully. But it was not. It was a small, weird-looking woman, a shawl over her head, neatly dressed, walking swiftly. She didn't seem very surprised to see the children. She stopped and said, Good day. You will be the boys my Ailey was telling me last night, she said. Are you staying in the John's hut? Yes, said Julian. We are staying at the farms first. But our dogs didn't get on them with me, with the others. So we have come up here. It's a fine marvelous view too. If you see that Ailey of mine, tell her not to stay out of tonight, said the woman wrapping her shawl more tightly round her, her and her lamp. She is as mad as the old lady in the house over there, and she pointed in the direction of the old towers. Oh, do you know anything about that old place? asked Julian at once, when we went to it by mistake, and, um, well, you didn't get to it. I will be bound, said Eileen's mother. Notices on the gate and all. And to think I used to go up there three times a week and never anything by kindness show me. And now the old Mrs. Thomas, she would not see a soul expect there those friends of her sons. Poor old lady, she is out of her mind, so they say. Must be. Oh, she would see me who worked for her years. This was all very interesting. Why do they say keep out? On the gates? asked Julian. They have a fierce dog there too. Ah, well, young man, you see some of the old lady's friends would like to know what's going on, Sally's mother said. But nobody can do a thing. It's a strange place now with noises at night and mists and shimmerings and... Julian began to think what was an old wife's tale made up because the villagers were angry and they were now kept out of the big old house, he smiled. Oh, you may smile, young man, said the woman, sounding cross. But ever since the last October, there have been strange goings on there. And what's more, vans have been there in the dead of night. What for, I would like to know. Well, if you ask me, I reckon they have been taking away the poor old things, belongings, furnitures and pictures and such. 
Poor Mrs. Thomas. She was sweet and kind, and now I don't know what happened to her. There were tears in the woman's eyes, and she hastily brushed them away. I should not telling thee all this. You will be scared sleeping here along the night now. No, no, we shan't. Julian assured her, and amused that she should think that the village tale might frighten them. Tell us about Ailey. Isn't she frozen, going about with so few frozen? That child, she is one. I will tell you," said Ailey's mother. "Run about the hills like a wild thing. Plays torrent from school. Goes to see her father. He is a shepherd up there, where a sheep are. Doesn't come to their home at night. You tell her that's a good scolding. Wait for her at home. If she doesn't come back tonight." She's like her father. She likes to be alone all the time. Talks to the lambs and the dogs if there were humans, but never a word to me. The children began to feel uncomfortable and wished they hadn't spoken to the grumbling, gossipy woman. Julian got up. Well, if we see Ailey, we shall certainly tell her to go home. but not about scolding because i expect i she would not go home then he said if you pass by the farm house you will be kind enough to step in and tell mrs jones we are quite all right and enjoying ourselves very much thank you the woman nodded her head and muttered something and went off down the hill walking as swiftly as before she said some funny things said tick staring after her was that a silly village tale she told us or do you suppose there's something in it you oh a village tale of course said julian sensing that annie hadn't like it much what a strange family the shepherd who spent all times on the hills the child who wanders about the countryside with a lamb and a dove and a mother who stops tell such angry tales to the strangers It's getting dark," said Dick. "I vote we go in and light the oil stove and get a hot warm and the light the table lamp too. It will be cozy in there. I'm feeling a bit chilled now sitting out here so long. Well, don't begin to cough," said Julian, "or you will set up all of this." Indoors, Tim. Come on. Soon they were all in the hut. The oil stove giving out a lovely warm and glow, and the table lamp shining brightly. Well, we will play a game, shall we? Said Dick, and have a sort of a high tea ladder. Let's have a silly game, snap or something. So that they sat down to play, and soon Dick's card had all have been snapped by the others. He yawned and went to the window, looking out to the darkness and hide the snowy hills. Then he stood tense for a moment, staring in surprise. He spoke to the others without turning. "Cook, come here, all of you. Tell me what you make of this. Did you ever see such an extraordinary thing? Quick!" "Thank you." and thanks for listening we can come with the next chapter and find out what the mystery they saw and here is the time to wind up this is yours shweta thank you